0: Welcome to whiteboard.fm today we're going to interview Luca Orio Luca went from being a musician in italy to a full-time design systems manager at netflix the interview covers his approach his thought processes how he thinks about design and a couple of amazing amazing tips that we can use as students of UX design so without wasting any further time let's get started this is your host Ansh Mehra and you are tuning into season four of whiteboard.fm Welcome to season four of Whiteboard.fm, Luca. We are super, super excited to have you here today. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's uh, very nice to meet
1: you. Thank you so much for inviting me. And uh, likewise, I'm very excited to be here.
0: You had a very, very interesting career, Luca. And I am super, super excited to ask the question. So we'll jump directly. Luca, there was a time in your career when you were into a metal band and then you switched. The world of design and the world of design systems. These kinds of transitions are often intimidating. Were you nervous when you took this decision and how did you overcome that nervousness? Yeah, for for sure. So uh, I've designed for uh,
1: almost 19 19 years now. Back then, I was living in Italy, but uh, music has always been my other passion, right? First as a listener and then as a player. And more specifically, by the way, I was a drummer. And uh, at some point, while I was proceeding in my design career, my band got loss of traction, and uh, we ended up signing with uh, an American label. And that was the moment when I decided to uh, put my day-to-day job as a designer on pause to focus on this new opportunity by moving to the States and start touring uh, full-time with my band. So at some point, music truly became my my first job and design became a passion, <laughs> vice versa. And uh, it seemed such a lifetime achievement and the dream of so many people out there that I just couldn't let go of this opportunity. So um, there was... In switching between design and music, initially, there was zero nervousness. I was ecstatic, and there has been no regrets whatsoever. But after two years spent living on a van and touring the United States, after living on the road for such a long time, I started to take a step back and think about my life and think about my long-term future. And that's the moment when uh, I realized that I wasn't truly interested in being a musician full time because of 1,000 reasons. So I go back to Italy and uh, I wasn't just nervous to get back into design. I I actually had some sort of existential crisis. I've been asking myself for weeks, am am I a designer or am I a musician? And... uh, I don't want to sound too poetic here, but uh, I had some sort of uh, introspective journey (laughs) that ultimately made me realize that our job shouldn't define who we are. Uh, And this is uh, an issue for people who really love their job. It's just very difficult to um, detach ourselves from our job. And so what I had to do is like picturing myself going back to the beginning, right? I never went to college. It was too expensive. Uh, I started out as uh, harvesting (laughs) grapes in the vines, you know, to to make wine. (laughs) Uh, And uh, so I took a step back. I really thought about it. And uh, I asked myself, hey, if I had to start from the beginning back to those times where I was harvesting grapes, what will make me happy? At the end of the day, what will be the passion I will pursue uh, over the night when I have free time for myself? And uh, the answer was very, very easy and uh, very clear for me. It was design. So it took me a few weeks to realize that I was asking myself the wrong question. In the first place, Uh, I shouldn't have asked myself if I am a designer or if I am a musician that I question as would have always been, was going to make me happy. And uh, I know it might sound the cheesiest way to wrap up my answer, but uh, uh, doing what makes us happy is something we can easily forget when we are too deep and stuck in some sort of self-reinforcing cycle of questions and uncertainty. But we should all think about what makes us happy and the rest will just follow
0: along. That was actually very deep. I'm very happy that you've explored the entire introspection road very few people practice that (laughs) self-awareness.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, back then, yeah, it wasn't just nervousness. I was like, I truly didn't understand anymore who I was because the change happened so quickly. I left up reasonably good at that point, career in design to just take this opportunity. And then after two years, I changed my mind again and uh, not saying it was scary, but it certainly raised a few questions.
0: <laughs> Most of our audience is self-taught. They know how a design system works, uh, but they don't really know the step-by-step process of making a practical system. How should they go about building their own design systems? That's a great question. And uh, an
1: advice, a suggestion I always give to people who ask me that question is to start small. uh, Because you want to build momentum while keeping a sustainable and predictable pace. You're starting from scratch. So it's very important to set the proper and lay the proper foundations in place without trying to wear 10,000 different hats at once, right? So what you build, you also got to maintain. So when you start designing and developing those components for the design system, eventually you will also need to bug fix them because a few mistakes can be made. Uh, Or you'll also need to support uh, and help other people adopting these components. Uh, It's a learning process to understand what works and what not. And starting small and proceeding gradually is going to help a lot with that. So start small. It it truly is the the first most important advice I can give about it. (laughs) And the second would be, I think, to not overplan because... At companies, no matter if it's a huge company or a startup or a web agency, but things can change real fast. And uh, there really is no reason to get widespread commitments uh, commitments of adoption from a thousand or a hundred people. You don't really need... Uh, such alignment to start working on a design system. So it's just pointless to overplan for the next five years when three, four months, something could change and invalidate all the planning you make. So don't overplan is another very important point. There is no no reason for a multi-year roadmap. Leave things quarter after quarter, or if you are in a small company, even month after month. And I also sometimes suggest not to even look at patterns and templates early on because it's very tempting to start working on on those because the impact is considerable. And we all want to see big things and uh, big components out there, uh, but without solid and uh, and well-established foundations to support those complex components things will eventually start to break down. And that's because the components themselves, the componentry has been optimized for a specific use case. And uh, reusing those components in other places could not work. And that's when uh, we create new components, the new alter- alternatives without a bigger picture in mind. And uh, that's not exactly how a design system is built. It's built from the ground up. You start from the foundations and then you create alternatives uh, or uh, other additional variants for the components. You cannot start from a variant and then figure out what's its foundational layer or its foundational uh, representation
0: interesting and this is so simple to understand yet very few people are following this building a system and maintaining that system are two really different skill sets and the internet has a bunch of inspiration on design systems but very little guidance on incorporating and maintaining systems on the development side do you have any resources that can help us get better at that that's great
1: question and uh
0: I think the most important learnings one
1: can get come from uh, understanding your audience. When I'm talking about audience, I'm referring to the first user of a design system, and those are product designers and engineers. The reason why I'm uh, uh, highlighting this is that a design system has to embrace the culture and the way a company operates. and. Connecting with both product designers and their engineering partners will help us uh, understand things such as how customizable the components should be, or uh, how much time should pass in the release cycle between one version and the other, and even what kind of documentation is needed. Perhaps in one company, a very technical and granular documentation is critical, but at other companies, a high-level and more inspirational one is just enough. So there is truly, truly one size fits none uh, when it comes to design systems. Uh, there, is, there, is, there really is no blueprint out there that will magically solve every problem for every company in the same way. And so that's why I was mentioning how important it is to understand your audience. Now, there are more and more design systems out there that have reached uh, a certain level of maturity. And it has been very refreshing and uh, uh, interesting to see people sharing their learnings. But we should all keep in mind that that information that we find out there could work or could uh, very well not work. At the company where we are uh, so it's important to listen it's important to test things to validate things but one trap that we should all avoid is to uh, use something we hear out there as a blueprint for our own initiative because uh, this is a uh, design systems is something built for the people and people don't need a blueprint people mm-hmm. need something that supports their work and this, this is what a design system uh, ultimately is so very important to learn and listen at everything that's happening out there and try to reuse best practices uh, and try to see how many people solve different problems but then eventually we always have to keep in mind uh, uh, the people that we support
0: Luca, as designers, feeling energetic and being in a state of flow is really important. How do you manage your energy and different states of mind? Well, well, feeling energetic during the pandemic has been a real struggle, right?
1: (laughs) And uh, I also just had a kid, uh, his name's Evers, and he's now six months old, so... uh, (laughs) Energy is something that uh, I'm really struggling to (laughs) to get uh, at this very moment. (laughs) But uh, an advice I can give to everyone is to protect their focus time. Um, I found that blocking one or two hours per day of truly intense focused work is necessary to reach that state of flow, to to get some work done, (laughs) basically. And based on the company, uh, based uh, on uh, the preferences of uh, any individual, really, these could be more hours uh, or maybe just two, but it's very important to block that time on your calendar. Obviously, the more time, uh, uh, I believe, the better, uh, as long as it's safe from external distractions. So focus time is truly everything is turned off. There is no slack. There are no texts and uh, that is just you and your work it takes i don't know personally to me it takes at least 30 minutes to get into the flow and without at least a hour of time reserved for focused work uh, nothing really gets done i mean some trivial things can be done but it's difficult to solve complex problems on a 30 minutes window only right and uh, Productivity-wise, I embraced the GTD methodology almost 15 years ago and and really never looked back. GTD is an acronym for getting things done. It's uh, a philosophy, a way of working uh, that basically pushes you to ask yourself every time a new task or a new question or a new um, work that gets in, the the question for yourself is... uh, is is this going to take more than two or three minutes of my time to wrap it up right now? Because if it takes longer than that, that should be put in a a place called an inbox in your to-do list and uh, then reassessed later on. It shouldn't be tackled right now. So if it takes longer than two or three minutes, it's something you shouldn't even think about right now. You just place, you just park it there in your inbox, and you reassess it, and you reassess if you can and when you should work on it later on. Then obviously, this methodology goes uh, a little bit more deeper, and uh, it's something that should take an entire podcast episode to go through. But uh, <laughs> I encourage everyone who's interested in this in taking a look out there. It it really changed my the way I work and also my personal life because every new task or every new chore or uh, errand I have to take care of ends up in this uh, huge to-do list. And there are so many things, but I never feel overwhelmed by the amount of things because I can quickly shuffle things around and move them and postpone and delay and, It's just a a very organized and also calm way of looking at things.
0: That's very interesting. What would be three free yet extremely powerful design resources for someone who is just entering design? Yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, there are a few free, absolutely free
1: (laughs) resources or advice I can give and the most important thing i learned and something i wish i knew early on is to learn detach yourself from your work and this by the way connects a little with the first thing we discussed about uh, not conflating ourselves with the job we do right our job shouldn't define who we are and uh, when I'm talking about detaching yourself from your work is because uh, lots of feedback will be given over your career about your work. Some feedback will be positive, some feedback will be harsh, some feedback will be very almost scrutinizing uh, your mistakes and some feedback will be also genuine and truly uh, aimed at improving your trajectory or the work you are doing. but this feedback will come, is there. Be prepared for it. And the sooner you learn to detach yourself from your work, the sooner you can embrace that feedback without feeling personally attacked. So feedback about your work is feedback about your work is not a note or finger pointing at yourself as a person. This is something that me quite a few years to develop, right? Um, I wish I, I, I wish I learned this sooner so it's very important advice I can give to people who are just starting or that uh, are struggling at uh, getting feedback. And uh, yeah another free resource will be to stay curious, right? Keep your eyes always open for trend, for trends and best practices out there. And also open for opportunities. Don't be scared of jumping on new, exciting things. The tech industry moves rapidly and uh, learning new things will always pay pay back in the long term. It's important to also stay focused, right? Not to get into every single rabbit hole we, (laughs) we, we, we see out there, but it's also very important to stay curious and not to get stuck in our day-to-day responsibilities. And uh, kind of related, I think, and I encourage everyone to find their superpower. Being a great designer, I I truly believe being a great designer is enough to have a successful and uh, fulfilling career, right? But when we pair these with an additional skill, perhaps a very personal one, uh, even greater things can happen, right? So you might be a community builder or you might be a very technical and detailed oriented person or you might be a great evangelist or I don't know, you you might even be a designer who can code, right? This superpower added on top work as a great designer is what's going to make you unique and potentially even inform the long-term trajectory of your career, right? So I encourage everyone to find their superpower. Sometimes that takes time. Sometimes that is clear since the beginning because it's a personal trait of our character. But regardless, uh, this superpower is what makes things compound real quick because being a great designer becomes the baseline and then what pushes us forward even more is this additional skill set that we bring to the table and personally that has been uh, um, code right Uh, when i started uh, back then there was no product designer (laughs) the label for my job was web designer and i teach myself how to code and that those learnings paid great dividends Mm -hmm. later on and uh, i don't code anymore definitely not on the one my day to day during my day-to-day job i code as a passion for some side projects but um, ultimately that was my superpower initially and it's also the skill that got me very interested in systems because one aspect of design systems is to build bridges and connect the development and the design world, and uh, having that superpower really helped myself starting a conversation with our partners and also truly understand their their unique challenges. So yes, to recap is uh, I believe it was a uh, learn to uh, detach yourself from your work, stay curious and uh, find your superpower they are all free they obviously take a lot of effort (laughs) but there is no money whatsoever involved in this
0: awesome these were fabulous fabulous answers i am i'm pretty sure that when this goes live, a lot of people are gonna love this episode but uh, thank you so much luca it was such a pleasure talking to you when i saw your talk at schema when i saw the entire system and everything about your journey about everything that you've done so far it was truly truly inspiring and now you have a kid so it seems like you've sort of achieved that nice balance in between personal life and a professional life so i wish you all the very very best and i hope you had a good time today yes i
1: did i did and uh, again thank you so much for inviting me i hope your audience is going to get something interesting out of uh, of, of this uh, podcast uh, and uh, feel free to reach out uh, uh, on Twitter or on the internet if you have any additional question, question for me.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Luca. Take care. Bye. Thank you. You too. You just finished listening to an episode from whiteboard.fm. Don't forget to follow our podcast because we are coming up with many more interviews that will help you accelerate your growth as an upcoming product designer. Check out our website, whiteboard.fm, to learn from our videos based on case studies and hiring processes at some of the most amazing companies in the world. This is your host, Ansh Mehra, signing out.